This is Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta, Georgia, a congregation full of life and love with a legacy of outreach ministries. Everybody's invited to church in person Sunday at 10 a.m. and online at mountpleasantatl.org. And now, the Mount Pleasant Baptist Church, Atlanta. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen one more time. If God has done anything for you, you ought to put your hands together and tell the Lord thank you. Oh, don't, don't fool me now if he's done anything for you. Well, I know he's done something for you because you're here this morning. He woke you up this morning with a reasonable activity of your limbs. And you ought to say thank you. Could have been dead sleeping in your grave. But he woke you up soon this morning with a reasonable activity of your limbs. And you ought to say thank you one more time. Come on, let's give God another hand praise. Amen. And so we thank God today. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, the restoration of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Like Paul, though I preach this gospel, I myself have nothing to boast of, for necessity has been laid upon me, and I would be utterly miserable if I did not preach the divinely inspired word of the Lord. God is good, God is great, and he is worthy to be praised. I'm not going to hold you long with you long, but I want to invite your attention to the gospel according to Mark chapter 4. Amen. Chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Amen. And when you get there, just say amen. amen. And the scripture reads, and, and I should uh, remind you or make you aware that I am reading from the NIV version. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen. Somebody say, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. He was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where 
it did not have much soil, sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, somebody say thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a hundred times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to focus on one verse out of the nine, and that is verse seven, and it says, other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. For a few minutes this morning, I just want to talk to you from this subject, don't let the thorns choke it out. Don't let the thorns choke it out. In this text, the Gospel of Mark is considered the oldest of the Synoptic Gospels. Many scholars consider it the oldest of the Synoptic Gospels because Matthew and Luke draw from Mark as a source in their gospel account. And in this gospel of Mark, uh, chapter four, which many have known as the parable of the sower, it has been preached many times by many preachers. And here in Mark's account of the parable of the sower, we have Jesus uh, pictured or described by the narrator of Mark as having a discussion. He is having a discussion with a crowd because the narrator tells us that the crowd had gathered there at the water's edge. They had gathered there at the water's edge of life. And they are there because in part they had heard. And this is why Jesus says, those who have ears, let them hear. And they come to the water's edge to hear from a man that they had heard about. They had heard about Jesus and his driving out demons. 
they had heard his marvelous and miraculous divine manifestation of majesty when he heals Simon's mother-in-law from her sickness. They heard about him. They heard about him healing the man with leprosy. They heard about him. They heard about him healing the man who was paralyzed, but not only did he heal him, but he forgave his sins. They heard about him. And when they heard about him, they came to the water's edge to hear him. And the water edge of life is a particular place uh, where many in life have come when they come to the end of the road. Many of them had come to the water's edge of life because their social condition and their economic condition had led them there. They had put their trust in the things of this world. They had put their trust in the cares of this world. Only to find out that the check that the world gave them that could not cash. They had come to the water's edge. Many of them uh, were facing uh, in this context because I think it's important that we understand the context so that we can gain some understanding. And they had come to this water's edge, many of them dealing with higher rents. The rents had gone up so high that the land that they used to own, they now found themselves working on. Uh, they found themselves in an economic condition that was not favorable and that made life difficult for them. Uh, you know, I was reading the Atlanta Constitution, the other day and it said that Atlanta is ground zero, amen, for these corporate buyouts of property. And the effect of these corporate buyouts of property is that it is driving Atlanta into a renting community where many people cannot afford to buy a home. And so in this context, you're dealing with people who had a dream of buying a home, but they could not buy a home because uh, they couldn't afford the rent. Uh, they had a dream, right? They had bought into the dream of home ownership but, and couldn't buy a home only to find out they couldn't put their real trust in home ownership. They come to the water's edge. Many of them were sick had spent their money on health care only to find out they didn't have enough money and they couldn't put their trust totally in the doctor's hands. 
And I don't want to suggest that you don't need to see your doctor. I'm not suggesting that today. But what I am suggesting is that ultimately you can't put your total trust in the doctor. You're going to have to put your trust in the doctor. Do I have a witness in this place? They had come to the water's edge. Come looking for for hope, come looking for some type of relief. They come to the water's edge uh, to meet a man that they heard about. And what's his name? That man's name is Jesus. You know his name, Sweet Rose of Sharon. His name is Jesus. When you didn't have no money in your pocket, he provided for you. His name is Jesus. When you didn't know how you was going to make ends meet, he made them meet for you. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The more I call him, the more, the better I feel. His name is Jesus. And they met Jesus here at the water's edge of life looking for hope. They were disappointed because they understood and they recognized that they couldn't put their faith and their trust in the cares of the world. So they came to Jesus. And Jesus tells them, those who have ears, listen to me. And this is important because Jesus is trying to get his disciples and he's trying to get people to listen. He's trying to get them to listen, but not only is he trying to get them to listen, but he's trying to get them to understand. He's trying to get them to understand what's really important in life. And you can't find that out unless you listen. Too many times we've got too many people in the world who want to do a whole lot of talking, but don't want to do no listening. Do I have a witness in here? Before you get the uh, word out your mouth, they got the answer to what you, your question that you ain't even asked yet. And instead of sitting down and hearing what you have to say, before you can say it, they will have an answer instead of listening. Jesus says, I need you disciples to listen to me. I know you put your trust in the world. You put your trust in uh yourself you've put your trust in your own pride uh-huh you you've 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 overvalued yourself i'm not saying that you are not valuable but you 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 have uh had your value of excessive worth let me break it down. You think you all of that and a bag of chips. Jesus said, no, no, don't put your trust in your chip bag. Uh, you can't put your trust in your pride. You've got to humble yourself. And so Jesus tells them, you, you, you can't put yourself, you can't put your trust in yourself uh, because that's a thorn. Uh, when you put your trust in yourself and not your trust in God, you can be a thorn to your own harvest. You don't want to listen to nobody else but yourself. 
sometimes God uses other people to talk to you what you've got to do sometimes though if you are going to reap the harvest that God wants you to reap in your life and not be a thorn unto yourself you got to sit down and listen Jesus says, listen to me. You can't depend upon yourself, your pride, and you cannot depend upon vain glory. You, you can't depend on what is vain glory, Reverend. Well, I'm glad you asked. Vain glory is wanting and seeking attention from people for the wrong reason. All of us want attention. All of us want attention, amen, and you all you got to do is go on Facebook. It seems like everybody want attention. Amen, somebody. And, and you want attention for the wrong reason. Amen, you can't depend upon your vain glory because that'll let you down every single time. You cannot depend on vain glory and, 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 and wanting attention from people uh, oftentimes who don't even care about you anyway. You trying to impress folk who no matter what you do, they gonna talk about you anyway. So why in the world you gonna spend your time and your energy worrying about impressing people who do not care about you in the first place? Vain glory. You're wasting your time. Uh, you, you know, you know I, I used to work uh, for, for, for 10 years of my life. I worked at uh, a plant called the uh, Navistar International Truck and Engine, and it was hard work, y'all. I, I worked the assembly line. I worked in the foundry. I poured iron, right? And so this was a job where uh, many people uh, at that job worked 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And for a time, I was one of them. Until the government, and I found out, started taking more money, my money, than I thought they should have. But, but I was amazed at, at many people who were working 16 hours a day. We were making good money at that job to sustain ourselves with just working eight. We could have just worked eight. But there were people, including myself, I will admit, it was at one time it was myself, who would work several hours, several hours uh, to maintain a lifestyle. To maintain a lifestyle that uh, the world had told us was the criterion for success and for happiness. And I oftentimes saw people, men and women, working 16 hours, seven days a week to live in nice, fancy homes that they didn't have time to really sleep in. I saw men and women working 16 hours a day uh, seven days a week to drive fancy cars that they only had time to drive to and from the work. Uh, why? Because the world had told us and continues to tell us today 
that the, the way to success and the way to happiness is to have a big fancy homes with rooms that you can't even sleep in. Uh, you can drive a car that you really can't afford. The world then told you that that's what it is. And when you get that bill and then you have find out you got to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week, who are you trying to impress? Who, who, who are you trying to impress? You trying to impress people? I suggest to you today, you're trying to impress people with things and people that don't even care about you in the first place. And what do you get out of it? You get a bad back. You, 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 get, a, you get a trip to the doctor trying to impress folk. Don't care about you in the first place. Jesus says you can't get to the kingdom with vain glory. You wonder why you disappointment, you disappointed and you keep going through the same disappointments over and over again? It's because you try to impress folk that don't care about you. You're trying to live up to a criteria that is not the criteria of the kingdom. You cannot, you cannot get there with vainglory. That's a thorn. That is going to prevent your harvest. And not only that, you can't get there to the kingdom. And I want you to listen to me because you cannot get to the kingdom of God, which is the real promise and the real harvest, if you have envy. Because many in that crowd had envy. Uh, and what is envy? Again, I'm glad you asked. Envy is the pain. Envy is the pain that one feels when they perceive. They ain't got the person don't even have to have it. But they perceive that someone else has something that they don't have. And 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 that perception will cause us to do all kinds of of vile and wicked things because we feel that somebody got something that we don't have. Well, if you don't have it, maybe it ain't for you to get. Maybe you ought to be happy with what God has provided for you. You worried about somebody else's seed. Worry about the seed that God has planted in your life. Don't worry about how big his and her seed is. Worry about the seed that God has planted in your life. Because if you do not, you run the risk of letting the thorn, that thorn, choke out the seed that God has planted in you. And every one of us today, God has planted something within us and you ought not let your envy, you ought not let vain glory, you ought not let your pride choke it out. Tell somebody, don't allow, no, don't allow it to choke it out. Don't, don't, don't allow that thorn to choke it out. You cannot let, you cannot let pride, you cannot let Vainglory, you, you, you cannot let envy choke these blessings that God has for you out. 
I know what the world has told you because we need to understand that the thorns in this text represent the cares of the world. And many times the criteria of the world will determine our values, what we consider important. And not only that, but how we treat other people. Uh, our relationships today are in large part determined by the criteria and the values of the world. And we go in and out of relationships because we have an idea of what a relationship should be like based upon what the world has told us a relationship should be like. But I suggest to you today that you ought not listen to the world and what the world told you a relationship should be like. You ought to listen to God because oftentimes we miss out on what God has done, is sending our way and the seed that God is planting in our life based upon what the world told us we ought to have. So today I want to encourage you, do not let the seeds be choked out by the thorns, the cares of this world. I know sometimes that the going gets rough and the going gets tough. Sometimes the hills they do get hard to climb. But I'm determined in my soul. And I want to encourage you today to be determined in your soul. That you're not going to let the cares and the seeds of this world choke out the seed of faith. The seed that God has planted in your life. Do I have a witness in here? I know life may get disappointing. I know that uh, you may have some burdens every now and then. And I know that sometimes your way may seem hard and drear. But I come to tell somebody this afternoon that you don't have to worry. All you've got to do is meet Jesus at the water's edge and he'll meet you right there as I close this morning I want you to know that no matter what your situation is and no matter what kind of thorns you've got in your life God can get to your situation because all you've got to do is look where the thorns fall they fall amidst the thorns and the good news about that is that uh, God can get to you in whatever situation that you're in. Do I have a witness in here? I'm closing now when I'm telling you and I'm encouraging you to hold on just a little while longer. If you hold on, weeping may endure for a night. Joy cometh in the morning light. Today may be dark, but I'm holding on to the morning. 
may have bills to pay, but I'm holding to the morning. May have body wrapped with pain, but I'm holding to the morning. Ought to have a witness in here. You might have been in a bad situation, but I dare you today, don't let that situation choke out what God has pushed in you. There is no secret oh, what God can do. What he's done for others, he can do the same thing for you. All you gotta do is trust and never doubt him. Lean, lean on Jesus. Meet him. I dare you to meet him. Meet him at the water's edge. He's got room. He's got room for you at the water's edge. You may feel down now, but I dare you meet him at the water's edge. You may have tears in your eyes, but there is a man. I heard the old songwriter say, there is a man down by the river and he's given sight to the blind. Do you believe in him? Do you trust him? Do you love him? Can you say yeah? Yes, I know he loves me. Yes, I know he cares. Put your hands together and tell the Lord thank you. Thank you for one more day. Thank you. Food on my table. Oh, 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 yeah. He's been good to me. Mighty good to me. Can you say yeah? Yeah. You've been listening to the Mount on the Go podcast. If you've been enjoying the word, please consider donating to the Mount Pleasant ministry. We have various ways that you can give to the ministry to allow us to become better in our pursuit of delivering God's word to you. You can give via PayPal at mtpleasantatl.org. You can give via Zale, info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also give via Square and Givelify. For Givelify, just search for Mount Pleasant Baptist Church with our address, 17 Melton Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia, and you'll be in the right place. In addition to all these options, you're always welcome and invited to grab an envelope and have cash or checks sent to the church, whose address is again, 17 Melton Avenue, Southeast Atlanta, Georgia. For questions, comments, and concerns, feel free to email us at info at mtpleasantatl.org. That's info at mtpleasantatl.org. You can also visit our website, www.mountpleasantatl.org, to follow us on YouTube and Facebook for the video version of the podcast. 
Our services are live every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you are more than welcome to visit the church in person every Sunday at the same time. Thank you so much for listening.